God, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to the Lord's house today? Amen. Praise God. I want you to, we're going to go back to possibly, I'm not going to make any firm commitment, but possibly finish the message that I started last week. But uh, I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will. We're going to go to Ezra, and then we're going to go to 1 Kings. Uh, let me find my place here. Ezra, then 1 Kings. And as you're turning there, we're going to go to, let's see, Ezra 3 and then 1 Kings 18. But uh, a couple of stories I'd like to share with you. This is a child's prayer. It's on a Sunday morning. One Sunday morning, there was a loud whistle from the back pew. Gary's mother was horrified. She pinched him into silence. After church, she asked Gary, what are you doing? Why would you whistle right in the middle of the sermon? He said, well, I've been praying that God would teach me to whistle, and he did right at that moment. <laughs> There's a man that was robbing a house. He breaks through the windows, starts stealing items. He hears the parrot, and the parrot says, Jesus is watching you. Jesus is watching you. The man ignores it and moves on. Parrot starts speaking again. Jesus is watching you. Jesus is watching you. The man turns around and says to the parrot, what kind of man has a parrot who says Jesus is watching you? The parrot replies, the same man also has a pit bull named Jesus. <laughs> you got time for one more? Yeah, if you're not anointed, you better be funny. <laughs> so a wife was making breakfast uh, for her husband. Suddenly, her husband burst into the kitchen. Careful! He said, careful! Put in some more butter. Oh my gosh, you're cooking it too long. Too many. Turn them. Turn them now. We need more butter. Oh my gosh, what are you doing to get more? Why aren't you getting more butter? They're going to be stuck. Careful, careful. I said, be careful. You never listen to me when I'm, when I'm telling you how to cook. Never. Turn them. Hurry up. Are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? Don't forget the salt. Did you salt them? His wife turned and said, my Lord, what is wrong with you? How many times have I cooked eggs for you in your life? He said, I just wanted you to know how it felt every time I get you in the car and I drive you somewhere. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm doing a real good job dividing this room, aren't I? Oh, we better move on. <laughs> Let's go to our text. I want, I want to read um, Ezra, and we kind of camped in Ezra last week. Then I'm, I want to jump over to 1 Kings. Father, I just thank you, Lord, God, for just the joy that we have in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for lives that are touched and families that are changed and the purpose and the plan that you have for this house. 
Lord, I just thank you for the gift that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ, the Spirit, the Word, the blood, for freedom you have brought to us. I ask, God, that you would touch every heart, every home, every person in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. And as I get started, I just want to say thank you all for the wonderful gifts, the cards, the, uh, the, the gifts that you put in the cards. I just, in, just thank you for all the birthday wishes. I love you all, and thank you very much. Um, Ezra 3, in early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem, notice this, with a unified purpose. And, uh, Yeshua, the son Jehozadak, joined his fellow priests in Zerubbabel, son of Sethiel, with his family in rebuilding the altar of God in Israel. They wanted to sacrifice burnt offering on, on it as instructed by the law of Moses, the man of God. Now I want you to jump down or flip over to 1 Kings 18. I wanna, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but just a few verses here. Notice in 18 and 30, 1 Kings 18 and 30, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And notice this, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, that I've done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell upon their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. Now, as we looked last week, you know what I want you to see there again, and for those that may have missed, it, it doesn't hurt to review a little bit even if you were here. But I want you to notice there in that passage where it says in, in, in 1 Kings how that it was at the time of the evening sacrifice. Why is it important that we understand it was at the time of the evening sacrifice? Because we understand that that's not just a, a, a moment in time, but it is, a, it is an indicator. It is a pointing forward. It is a showing you what it's ultimately talking about. So you fast forward a few hundred years, a millennial, and you'll find yourself in Jerusalem on Passover. And in Jerusalem on Passover, we see that there was the ultimate sacrifice, which every sacrifice was pointing to. Every sacrifice that was given, it was the innocent for the guilty, the innocent for the guilty, the innocent for the guilty. But those sacrifices remained dead. Now there would come a time where there would be the ultimate sacrifice, where God would come and he would offer his own sacrifice, the innocent sacrifice that was pure, that would take away, not just atone for and cover sins, but take away sin. 
It would pay the sin debt. It would rescue humanity from Satan's control. It would even give us the ability to conquer self. Because if you can't conquer self, uh, you can rebuke the devil all day long and, and your sin debt can be paid. But you will still wind up in bondage if you cannot master your own behavior by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we have here is the Jesus was crucified at the time of the morning sacrifice. And he died, the Gospels tell us, the ninth hour to tell us die. It is finished. He died at the time of the evening sacrifice. So when we look at this and we see the altar, we see the altar that has been broken down. And we understand that altar is our, is, our, is our language for prayer. Altar is the language because we understand this is the access to heaven. This is where we commune with God. We build an altar so that we can converse with God. But the ultimate symbol of the altar is the cross. Do you see that? It's a place of sacrifice. So what we have here in Ezra's day where we started, this was a time when Israel was carried over. The covenant people of God were carried into bondage because they refused to stop living in false identity by worshiping false idols. The enemy will always give you an antichrist version. He will always give you a, a a, a, a pseudo-deliverance, a pseudo-worship, he will always bring you to the place and would be glad that you would bow down and worship him. And he would be glad that you would worship him so you could be like him. So he could hurt the heart of God by destroying humanity, by influencing humanity to make wrong choices and fall away from the living God. He would love that more than anything else. But we see here that when they come out of Babylonian captivity, God said, for 70 years you will be in Babylonian captivity. When they got back to Jerusalem, the place of worship had been destroyed. The walls of protection around that city had been torn down. And they were carried off into captivity. But what we see here is that the altar of God was torn down. And anywhere, whether in past, present, or future, that the message of the cross is torn down, you can guarantee that there will be the destruction of worship, there will be the tearing down of the strength and the protection, and there will be nothing but captivity that ensues. We must have the cross first and foremost in our life. When we talk about the cross, what we're talking about is the completed work of Christ. It is finished. It is done. It has been accomplished. And there's no measure of work on my side that can warrant my eternal salvation. It is only through the completed work of Christ that I live in victory. Now, we see here in Elijah's day, 
that we have some wickedness going on. This is pre-Babylonian captivity. But we still have the same occurrence that is taking place. We have the message of the altar. The altar is torn down. And for us, we have the, we have the, 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 the hindsight. We understand what that means. Maybe they didn't wholly understand what that meant. But we can look back and we can draw truth from that. And what we're drawing from that is this understanding. is that when we begin to live outside of the completed work of Christ... Israel or Judah at this time, I believe it was Israel, there in that day, they were, they were at a place now, and they are worshiping a false image. The Lord said, don't make any images out of your own imagination. Don't go formulating, creating who you think I am. I will define myself. You don't have the ability to define the unseen God who controls it all, who is a holy, holy God. Don't begin to declare what you believe is holy. I will tell you what is holy. I will show you what is holy. Let, I will define myself. We have here in the Word, they were falling under the influence of the enemy. They were demonized. What does it mean to be demonized? It means you're under a demonic influence. And when you start defining God as he's okay with your sin, he's okay with your lifestyle, then you are formulating in your mind an image that is false. And the enemy's ultimate goal is to destroy you by taking you out of the protective covering of God, to take you away from the worship of God so that you can tear down the cross and its completed sacrifice. He can get you to the place where you can live in bondage with him. See, he can only defeat you in one arena. He can only destroy you in one area. It's not when you're walking in the will and the word of God. It's when you're living in your flesh and your carnality and you're deciding you're going to do what you want to do when you want to do it. You're not living free when you walk in that mindset. You're ultimately in bondage. So what we have here is there was a, there was a destruction of the altar. And thus there was the destruction of the house of God ultimately, protection of God, and captivity followed. Now, in Elijah's day, while he was standing there, what he noticed or what he observed is that they were worshiping a false image. And when you take down the cross and you start defining God as to who you believe God should be, what happens is you begin to live in a false image. They, in that day... You'll find as you back up, you rewind a little bit in that chapter, you will discover in order to invoke those gods that they were worshiping, the false image, they were self-destructing. They would take and they would cut themselves and they would bleed on the altar. 
They were mutilating themselves in order to get the attention of their gods. And what was their purpose in doing that? They wanted some measure of peace and satisfaction, some measure of prosperity. They would worship those gods so that they could have advancement and prosperity in their land. And it wasn't happening. God had turned the faucet off in heaven. He said, no rain will fall until I declare it will fall. And so there was a drought over all the land. We wonder why the spiritual climate in this United States has been so low. Could it be that we are living in a false image because we have tried to define God and we have allowed the message of the cross to be torn down? Amen. We're declaring that we will be resurrected. Let me tell you, the only way you can be resurrected is you first or is a prerequisite. You must die. When you die to self, now God can get up on the inside of you and you can rest assured in the blessed hope that when that God blows the trump, you'll be the one. After you see the dead rise, if you're still walking, you will be caught up together in the air with the Lord. Amen. But we have a perplexity in the land of Israel. In Ezra's day, and in Elijah's day. And that perplexity and the bondage of that nation and the bondage of the covenant people wasn't the other nations God was addressing here. It was Israel, the covenant people of God. The covenant people of God were living in bondage, self-mutilating, destroying themselves. Why? Because the altar had been torn down. Are you tracking with me? But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Church, there is a necessity. Unless the Lord build the house, we labor in vain to build it. But if we get back to the, to the true understanding of the completed work of Christ, him living the innocent life here on earth, God became human. Think about it. He wasn't human until he entered into the womb of Mary. And at the moment of conception, he became human. And he walked upon the face of the earth and he was absolutely entirely innocent. And he offered himself a living, he offered himself a sacrifice. And in so doing, that sacrifice was accepted because he did not remain in the grave. He rose again. So, what we have, folks, is the only hope that we have of a life after life in the heaven above is to have heaven within by allowing Jesus Christ into our heart. To wholly surrender ourselves to the Lord and to his sacrifice. It's the, and I want you to notice something here before we move from this passage. I want you to notice there that when the worshipers of Baal and Asheroth made their altar and they made their, their self sacrifices and they spilt their blood, their blood on the altar. And they cried out to their God. 
Nothing happened. There was no movement. None whatsoever. But when Elijah repaired the altar, he repaired the altar and he baptized that altar three times. After he laid the sacrifice upon that in the wood and everything, he laid it down upon there. Then he called out on the covenant-keeping God. And when he called out upon the covenant-keeping God, God answered. And he illuminated that sacrifice with fire. And he baptized that with fire. John said, I've come and I'm going to baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But what was the fire there to do? It was to refine the hearts of the people, but it was also to illuminate the sacrifice. Why did God pour his spirit out 50 days after the sacrifice was made through Jesus Christ? Why did the spirit come? Do we want the spirit in the house? If we want the spirit in the house, we must understand that the Spirit of God wants to illuminate the cross, the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. And in that illumination, people will turn and begin to cry out, The Lord, He is God. The Lord is God. No other. See, as we live in the context of community, we've got to get this foundation set. We've got to have the foundation in the house. We've got to have the firm foundation that no matter when the, when the floods come, we, we're not going to be moved. It doesn't say if they come, it says when they come. When the floods come, we're not going to be shaken because we are built upon something beyond our own self-mutilation. Beyond our own imagination, beyond our own definition of who we believe God is, we're founded upon the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and the house will not move. The house will stand the test of time. Upon this rock, Peter, will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we see here that there is a necessity to return to the message of the cross. Folks, I say to you, the message of the cross may be foolishness to those that are perishing, but unto us that are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen? It's the power of God. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. It, it's better than skinny jeans and fog machines. Amen? It's better in hot and cold lattes, and you know what I'm saying. And I enjoy lattes, especially with oat milk. <laughs> but I can't have it anymore because I, I want to drink them by the gallon. And they, even oat milk put weight on you. Amen. <laughs> well, see, folks, it doesn't get any sweeter. It's no richer. It's no better message 
of good news that we can deliver to the world than that your sins are forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And if you come and accept him, oh my God, you are declared. You are righteous. And now you're not just righteous. Now I'm going to put something inside of you. It's my power to be righteous. Amen. I'm going to impute and I'm going to impart to you the righteousness that you need so that I may live and relate relationship with you. Oh, folks, we're going to get deep into relationship and to understand that this is all about relationship. Whether it is salvation, infilling of the Spirit, whether it is evangelism, even healing. Church, healing is a part of relationship. When we ask you to come pray, what are we doing? We're welcoming the Holy Spirit to step down and to embrace you so that you may, all we are are our conduits. We're here as individuals, liaison, trying to make the introduction. Here is the Holy Spirit. He's bringing you the completed covenant of Christ, and he, is in, he wants you to receive it. Will you receive it today? Will you receive that relationship of healing? Because it's part of the covenant that God made. It's completed in Christ Jesus. It just, just needs you to receive. Amen. There's no question as to whether or not God wants to heal. The question is, is will we receive, receive what God has in store for us? Amen? But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross. Paul speaking to the church of Galatia of our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say my cross. I'm not boasting in the suffering that I'm going through. I'm not boasting in the, in, the, in the inabilities that I have or the abilities I have. I'm not boasting in my talents or my pharmaceutical background or pedigree. I'm not boasting in the fact that I am a, I'm a born of the covenant people and I'm a tribe of Benjamin. I'm not bragging on any of that. In fact, if you accredit that to me, I count it all as dung, lost, trash. Throw it away because I want my sufficiency to be in Christ and Christ alone. And when my sufficiency is in Christ and Christ alone, now I can boast not what I have done, but what he has done. And what he has done not only for me, but in me. And now what he's doing through me. That's what Paul's saying. The cross. Folks, this is better. So much better than we even imagine. Jesus said, if, you will, if I'll be lifted up, I'll draw all peoples to myself. This he signified of what death he would die. He signified of what death he would die. If I be lifted up, what is he saying? If I be lifted up on the cross, then I'll draw all men to me. So it stands to reason to me. Are we Bible believing? Are we spirit led? Are we Imagers of God, then I think this applies to us, don't you? I don't think I know. I believe that if we're going to have a move of God's, Randall, are we going to have a move of God's Spirit? Are we going to have revival? Are we going to have souls coming in? Are you going to have to show up early to find a place just to sit? Are, are we going to have, I, I'm, I'm looking for the day, and I'm going to recruit me some people. I want some of them golf carts that have multiple layers. I want to train like when you go to Six Flags, and you gotta, we got to go to a parking lot next door, and we're going to fill this one up and fill that one up, and you got to get in line in order to get on the, I'm looking for some, car, some, some golf cart drivers. Do I have any? 
I'll need to see your license and registration. Looking for it. You got to show up early. Set Indian style in the altar. When you fall, you're going to fall out on about four or five people. Amen. Don't tell me it can't happen. When you, you line up at the door, and Robert opens it, and Darlene grabbing to hug you, and she's just hugging one right after the other because you can't get in in time. Amen. She's going to turn the hug to a pat. You're all right, go. You're all right, go. You're all right, go. Amen. Why couldn't it happen? Well, we got revival in the balcony and on the floor. And on the floor and end in the balcony. You guys are still asleep up there. Come on, I can't see your eyes. I've seen no response. Wave at me. Tell me. Oh, yeah, heart beating up there. All right. But see, it comes at the elevation, not of talent, none of denomination. I thank God for our denomination. We're not a denomination. We're a cooperative fellowship. <laughs> we cooperate in fellowship. All right. We don't call ourselves a denomination. I, I do believe in the doctrines. I do believe it's a, it's a, it's a good, good, good group to be with. I'm stuttering. <laughs> Sound like I'm lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> but folks, I'm not elevating the assemblies of God. I'm not elevating talent. I'm elevating the cross. And when the cross is elevated and the sacrifice of Jesus is, is, is honed in on and focused and you understand that I've got the cross before me and the world behind me. I understand that it's my entry point into heaven, but not just my entry points into heaven. It is the very flow. It's, it's what I boast in. It's what I brag about. It's who, I don't care if you know what I've done for the Lord. What I want you to know is what the Lord has done for me. Amen. I, I don't care that you, I'm not going to read you my CV or my resume or I'm not going to be on LinkedIn to tell you all the things that I've done for God. You folks, that doesn't matter. What matters is what God is doing for you and in your situation and what he wants to do through you. So we see them. For me, as I look at the word of God in the days of Ezra, and Israel found them in captivity of warning after warning after warning after warning. We see that the altar was torn down and they ended up in captivity. And in Elijah's day, they're there and so much false identity. It was an identity crisis in Israel because they had set their face to worship. Let me tell you today, don't be arrogant enough to believe that you can make it on the measure of your spirituality at this moment. You've got to renew your mind every day. You've got to continually feed. You stop feeding that dog, it's going to die. Amen? You've got to feed your spirit. man. You've got to renew yourself in the Lord each and every day. Don't le rely on leftovers. You've got to have a fresh bread today of what God's saying in the moment to get you to where you need to go. It's time that we get away from the snail staleness. I was going to say snailness. Staleness. <laughs> And get back to the Word of God. Amen. A fresh bread. Give me this day. This day. Not yesterday's bread. We always used to buy the day-old bread when I was a kid. It was cheap. Amen. Most of the time it was stale. 
Not always. Usually the cinnamon rolls were a week old, but we'd still eat them. Amen. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm mourning the days that my cinnamon roll days are over. But anyway, let's keep going. I smelt cinnamon on somebody. No, no, no. It's the anointing, Andrew said. It must have been, I must have been smelling her. Jesus came and declared, and this is, this is his mission, his mission statement. Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He's empowered me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's verse 19. He's empowered me. He's empowered me, Jesus said. I am living this life as a human, but in my humanity, I am every bit 100% God. But I want to show that how that humanity can partner with heaven and walk this walk. So Jesus is here, and he's showing the church how they should operate. They should operate under the power of the Spirit, taking them from a demonization, a demon influence, to a spirit influence. And you're now walking under the influence of God, and you're doing it not through human effort or means you're doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus said I have come to preach good news to those who are bankrupt if you've been bankrupt spiritually there is good news for you his name is Jesus amen because what does sin do it leaves us bankrupt robs us of everything that is good takes us further than we want to go, leaves us there longer than we want to stay, costs us more than we're willing to pay. Sin will always have an end result of death. It may, that death may linger, it may be slow, but the ultimate end of sin is death. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundant. And what does the Lord want his church to do? He wants us to elevate him. He wants us to elevate the cross. He wants us to elevate his completed work and bring those out of bankruptcy into prosperity in the spirit of the Lord. Amen. He said, I've come not just to Preach the good news to the poor. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. It doesn't matter who you are. When you're born into this world, world of sin, what automatically follows? Heartbreak. Because what does sin do? Sin breaks hearts. Destroys homes, destroys hope. Jesus said, I've come to remedy that. I've come to, I've come to change that. In fact, the Spirit has empowered me to do such. To take you out of bankruptcy and to mend the brokenness of your heart. So often, church, 
we don't have a context really in our thought process and even in our theology as to how broken we can be. What do I mean? I mean that so many times we are so linear, maybe I should say this, binary in our thinking. We're this or we're that. We're this or we're that. We're this or we're that. And we come into the kingdom of God with all these shattered pieces of our past. And we, we, get, the, we get the breath that comes into it. Oh, man, I can breathe. Man, this is, this is so much better. But we don't understand the underlying tone of our own heart and the things that keep surfacing, but we, we don't know how to deal with it because we keep, I'm, I'm whole, I'm whole, I'm whole. Yes, you're whole in Christ. You're whole in Christ. And so there's a brokenness that we're not like an avocado. You cut an avocado and there's a big old seed in the middle, amen? Take the knife and chop it, twist it, throw it out. We're onions. We're layers upon layers upon layers. And I thought, are these layers ever going to end, Lord? I'm tired of messing with the layers. Because usually something hurts you way back here and it pierces all the way through that onion and it goes all so deep and it goes through so many different layers. And if you don't, if you don't leave room for progression of healing, you might dismiss it altogether. See, we, we know how to be sick. We, we wake up in the morning and it's like, <coughs> got a cough. I'm not in the movie, so I know I'm not going to die immediately. Because if somebody coughs in a movie, they're dead. They're gone. Mark it down. It's true. But you wake up in the morning, you got, oh, I'm, man, I've, I've got a little scratchy throat. Don't mention the fact that it's su Sunday morning. No, I'm just, let's don't go there. You all of a sudden by noon, you're like, man, I may have a fever. Honey, do I look good? Am I gray? Am I ashen? By the end of the day, you're like, oh, I'm going to die. Where did it start? It started with a cough, a suggestion. You're sick. Yes, I am. I agree with it. Come on in. How sick are you? I'm about 10%. By noon, I'm 50. By, by the end of the day, I'm 100% sick. We know how to be sick. We have a little bit more challenge in being well, being healed and whole. But so if God starts something, even if it's 10%, grab hold of it because you're on your way out. Amen? I'm just going to keep walking this because now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to walk. I may not be as free as I want to be, but I'm sure not as bound as I once was. Amen? I may have not conquered fear completely in my heart, but let me tell you, I got fear on the run. Amen? Come on. Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come, to, I've come to give some give some back of the bankruptcy. Amen? I want you to know I'm so glad I serve a God who is not just about restoration. He is about restitution. <laughs> he doesn't just uh, restore me. He puts back what was lost. <laughs> he, he takes, uh, he's taken this house. Uh, this house alone suffered great loss. Uh, but God said, uh, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not just give them uh, what they lost. I'm going to pay back uh, what was taken. Uh, and you're looking around at a church uh, that God has put back. 
back what was taken in the physical. And now he is putting back what was taken in the spiritual. Amen. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The rest of you, don't worry. Just keep moving on and being happy. Amen. This happened a decade ago. So, to proclaim liberty. What am I preaching to you today? I'm preaching to you the effects of the cross. And what did Jesus, why was he manifest? To destroy the works of the devil. He was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. What's the works of the devil? Kill, steal, and destroy. What is that the result of? It's sin. He, he did not cause Adam and Eve to sin. He influenced them to sin. They had to make the choice. Now stop blaming the devil for what you're doing. Devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He doesn't have that kind of authority. You have to agree with him. You have to, and you've got to, just like the kingdom of God comes, as Andrew's talking about in life class, the kingdom of God is where the will of God, the effective will of God is in operation. Where you say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom of God shows up where his will is being accomplished. The devil's kingdom shows up the same way. It's where the devil's will is being. We could, we could do a, a, an anti-Lord's prayer and call it a Satan's prayer. Our father, who is a disgusting maggot, who smells like a rancid hell, smells like asparagus ruminating on a cow patty. You are the most disgusting creature in the world. Let your will be done in my heart as it is in hell. Are y'all with me today? <laughs> Give me this stale, molded, maggot-eaten bread that you have in store for me. Leave me in the paths of unrighteous living so that I can be miserable all the days of my life. I would never pray that prayer. If you're not praying the other, living about it, abide, then yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you are living and praying that prayer every day by your actions. Amen. But the Lord said, I've come. Stop all that. Because that's not who you are. That's not who you are called to be. You are not called, you're called to be who I told you you're called to be. Don't let someone else define you that tells you something opposite of who God says that you are. Amen. Amen. What do we have to do? We have to repair the message. And that includes the messenger. We start repairing the message and realize, man, this is better than I imagined. To proclaim liberty to the captives. What does sin do? It brings us into bondage. What does Christ do? He brings us into liberty. This is a, a person who came out of rebellion because I had no trust in authority from home all the way. I just I was a rebellious person. I'm confessing my fault that I might be healed. I have been healed. But see, when you have this mindset, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm just going to live my life and fool you on the rest. You're not free. And this is what I, it took me a little bit to understand. We live 
under a governance all the time. We're either under God's governance or we're under satanic government. There's no in-between there. See, I don't worship the devil, but if you're worshiping self, that is the attributes of Satan himself. He is only interested in destroying you for his own selfish gain. Yeah. But Jesus said, I've come to set you free from sin, Satan, and self. To restore to you the message, the altar. And that's where the Lord wants the fire to fall down upon us. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. For my cleansing, this I see. For my pardon, this my plea. Nothing can my sin erase. Not of works, tis all of grace. This is all my hope and peace. This is all my righteousness. Come on. Now I'm going to get to the good stuff. I'm just kidding. This is good. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. I like how the new American standard says it. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He didn't save you and then say, now let this self-afflicted righteousness lead you. He said, no, I brought you out of the world to bring you into me. So righteousness, right standing, you are as you ought to be is when you come into Christ and Christ is in you. He became what he was not so that we would become what we are not. We were not able to walk this walk. So his feet were nailed to the cross. His feet were bound so that I may be free to walk. His hands were nailed. They were bound so that I might be empowered to do the work of God. They pierced his heart. Blood and water came out. When they pierced his heart, broke his heart, so that mine could be made whole. How committed is God to your healing? Five 
flesh was torn from his back so that you could be healed. Not so that you could have a formula to make the right prayer so that you could be healed. Lord, I didn't, I didn't stand crane style when they prayed for me. It must be me. Lord, I should have swayed when you swooned and I, that's why I didn't get healed. It could have been something I, I did last week and that's why God won't heal me. Or could it be, God, I receive what you have done. You were broken so I could be whole. The only crown that Jesus wore on earth was a representation of the curse of sin. They plated upon his head a crown of thorns. Thorns didn't exist until sin entered into the world. And all the creation was now subject to the curse of sin. But Jesus said, I want them to have authority over their thoughts, over their mind, over their heart, over their home. And so I'm going to wear this crown, this curse, so that they may wear the crown of life. Folks, are you hearing me today? Are you hearing what the Spirit's saying? We've got to restore the message. We've got to restore the message of the cross, of the completed work of Christ. We've got to restore what Christ has done. The fire will fall upon that sacrifice. The fire will illuminate. I want you to stand all across this room. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Just worship Him. Just worship Him. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today. Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you. Holy. 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 Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. You are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you today. We love you. We praise you today. Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray. The sacrifice of Christ will be so illuminated in our hearts that it will bring illumination to our homes, that it will bring illumination to our city, that will bring illumination to this nation. Lord, we ask, Almighty God, that there may be a, Lord, the feebleness of my efforts, Lord. Take that seed, Lord, and put it in a heart. Lord, say what I just kiss, Lord, with that holy kiss. That seed that will blossom and grow inside a heart to know the purpose in which you came. There's no other motivation but your love. 
Lord, you became what you were not. You became sin on my behalf so that I might become, Lord God, righteous in you. Lord, I pray today you would touch the hearts. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. In just a moment, we're going to take communion. Before we do, I want to ask in this house, there's nobody looking around. Billy's just going to begin to play something. You're in this house, and some of you have already responded. It wasn't for a physical healing. You said, Lord, I need, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to commit myself to him. If you're in this house today, and you would say, I need God. I've never needed him before. I need to surrender my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you today, just, just lift your hand right there where you're at. Thank you. 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 Thank you all across this room. Thank you. In your own way, you can put your hands down. In your own way. your own way, I want you to talk to God. This is what I would encourage you to do. Surrender. Hardest, easiest thing in the world to do. Surrender. Just say, God, I surrender. I surrender my past. I surrender my present. I surrender my future. I surrender to your goodness. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my rebellion. Forgive me of my behavior. Come into my heart. Save me. I want it. To make it easy on those who lifted their hands, I want everybody in this room to lift your hands to the Lord. And I just want you to right now just to begin to praise and begin to pray. And if you're lifting your hands for salvation, I want you right now, make a, make, a, make a cross, establish a cross right there where you're at. Make an altar right there where you're at to just begin to call out upon God and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Come on. Come on, let your voices be heard. Come on, those of you who are standing around and you know you're saved, you know you got God in your heart, come on and help them. By begin praying. Pray those prayers with them right now. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to call out upon God. Come on, this is a participation here today. We're moving, we're helping, we're helping, we're serving. Come on, church. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. We surrender. We surrender all, Lord God. We surrender to your goodness. We surrender to your mercy, Lord God. We can't save ourselves, Lord God. We are so tired of self-destructing, Lord. We are so tired, Lord God, of, of living a life of anguish and regret, Lord God. We are tired of living in our rebellion, Lord God. We're tired of living in a false identity, Lord. We don't even know who 
who we're supposed to be. Lord, we just ask God you forgive us, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of repentance in this house today. I thank you, Lord God, that you're moving in this place today. Lord, we surrender. Lord, we surrender. Oh, God, I give up. Lord God, I give up. Lord God, I give up. Lord God. Lord, I let go, Father. I let go, Lord God. It's not my life. It's your life. Lord, I surrender. I surrender, Lord God. Govern my heart. Govern my life. Govern my spirit, Lord. Lord, I ask in your, in your name, Almighty God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the relationship. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Why is it going to be so egregious on that day when we stand before God? On that day of judgment when we stand around? It's like what the Lord said, I'm offering you as a relationship. That's what God is offering today as a relationship. I want right now, we're going to partake of communion. I'm so proud of this house. We fasted 21 days at the first of the year. Many of you have started the 90-day challenge on reading the Word. Some of you already finished. Some show-offs finished in 40 days. But we're going to do something to elevate the body of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ. The next 90 days in service, we're going to partake of communion. 90 weeks. What? We're going to be taking communion a lot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Three months. If you did not receive uh, the emblems today, just raise your hand. The ushers are there to help us. We got right over here. Some of our teachers and some came out of live class. Right down front, guys. Right down front. Just keep your hands up. They'll get to you. All right, Danny, right over here right down here. Anybody else? Robert, right over here at Coon Lane. We have more, have we run out? Danny, we got one right here. Anybody else? Billy? Robert I don't know that you need instruction but just in case the bottom here is the, is the bread take the bread out first it's much easier God is spiritual and he's practical okay see the when the Lord gathered his disciples together. He sat down. He said, this is the new covenant. Gathered them for a meal. You have a meal with those you're in relationship with. You, what is God offering you? He's offering you a relationship. 
He wants a relationship with you. So much so that he, he understands his word. How can two walk together unless they have agreed? He knew you were in disagreement with him. But the only way to come into agreement with him is you've got to come into relationship with him. And when you come into relationship with him, he brings you into agreement by changing your nature. Takes you from an alienated mind to a aligned mind, and now you're walking with God in relationship. So those of you that accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are no longer alone. You are in relationship with God. And so now when you face the enemy, you're not facing on your own. If you've got any problems, you just turn and say, take it up with my Lord. He will take care of my battles for me. But he said, in order for this to happen, had to be a sacrifice and that sacrifice was his body broken for you and I Lord we thank you for what this bread represents we thank you Lord God for your broken body your perfect sacrifice that we consume God in this meal we take it all in the completed work of Christ Lord, because it's not our sacrifice, Lord, that matters. Lord, it is your sacrifice. Thank you today. Can we partake? Like manner, he took the cup. He said, this represents my blood. See, they didn't drink the blood of the sacrificial lambs and the goats. Life was in the blood. They couldn't change them. But Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh, which is this completed work, and drink my blood, you cannot have life. His blood is the only thing that gives life. And without his blood, there is no forgiveness. Lord, we want to thank you today for the forgiveness of sin comes from the shedding of your blood. Lord, I pray your blessing upon this cup today. As we drink, Lord God, we understand. We do this in remembrance of your sacrifice. We elevate, Lord God, your work on the cross. And Lord, we understand that we live in relationship with you. Thank you. Let us drink. Somebody praise him in this house today. Amen. Now, before I, before I turn you loose, I'm, I'm excited to announce. I announced to the youth on Wednesday. But uh, the Lord told me back when Devin and Bella, and we thank God for the ministry they had, they moved to Colorado. But in the process of that, the Lord told me, He said, There will be a leader that will rise. There'll be a leader that rises. I said, okay. He said, in fact, the exact words were, it'll be obvious. And so this individual that's in the room today said something to me that unsolicited, even before I'd offered the position, but I knew it was the Lord. I've interviewed 
dozens and dozens and dozens of youth pastors through the years. I've never had one voluntarily offer this to me. This individual said this, God has to move on this generation. God has to move in the schools and in our youth. We must have God. I said, Lord, will they take it? He said, I'll work on her. Today, I want to introduce you to your new youth pastor, Shelby Graham. Shelby and Clint, Clint's still our, Clint's still our, our men's ministry director. But I believe that the Lord has anointed Shelby for this hour. I believe the Lord has placed his spirit upon her to minister to our youth. This is one of the most crucial ministries in the church today. Children's ministers, your job is vital in the kingdom today. We're going to anoint her and pray over her because she's not doing this in her own power. She'll do it by the power of the Spirit. But I do want her to greet you today. Well, this stage is so much bigger than the youth. It's crazy. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous, so please um, bear with me. But <clears throat> what a gra- I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I get, a, I get a chance to walk alongside them for their journey. It, it's an amazing transition to watch young people go from the start to finish. And to be able to walk alongside them, to be their guide and just see what the Lord is, is doing and is gonna do is just, it's so just worth it. And uh, Pastor Mike told me that y'all been praying for us and I appreciate that because we need it. And I, I ask for your future prayers because we're gonna put a vision together and see where God takes us. Um, it's a new season for them. And uh, we just need to raise up some warriors, y'all. And that's, that's just a passion that I have and I'm just, I. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. So thank you all so much. I appreciate your warm welcome. Thank you. Shelby, I want want you to stand here. Clint, come stand behind her. Now, youth, youth leaders, God's got something in store for you. You're not just spectators. You've got to participate. I want every student that's going to be in youth. I want you to come down. I want you to gather around. Come on. Just gather behind her, behind them. Step up, Shelby. Come on in. Squeeze on in. All right, the rest of you that are hiding, get out. Come on. Come on, Tim. Yeah, you're a leader. Come on. Some of you are like, please don't call me out. Please don't call me out. I want some of our prayer team to come and fall in behind them. Come on. This is a commissioning and anointing service. Andrew, come help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands this way. Put your hands this way. Kings, priests, and prophets were anointed to empower them to do the work of the kingdom of God, to let them know and understand that it wasn't them, but it was by the Spirit 
Shall be us not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Through the strength and the might of God, you will speak to the mountains of other nations and false nations that are coming against the youth, and you will say grace to it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you for this hour and for this day. And we commission you by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to walk in the authority God has given you. Lord, there's a fresh mantle of anointing that's going to rest upon her. There is a yoke crushing, Lord, blind eye opening, Lord God, liberating and freedom, Lord God, that's going to come not only to her but through her. And, Lord, I just believe today, Lord God, that you have commissioned her for this hour and that, Lord God, she will, by the strength of the power of the Lord, will see, Lord God, the good news delivered and those set free, Father, from the brokenheartedness. Lord, I believe that the youth that you have called today, Lord, are commissioned for this moment in time that you have, Lord, uniquely created and crafted them, Lord, for this hour. Lord, you have brought forth an in-day church, Lord God, and these youth are going to rise up and do things by the power of the Spirit of God they didn't even know possible, Lord. And I just believe, Almighty God, that there is going to be a significant move in this community that, Lord God, that youth are going to begin to turn to you. Satan, you cannot have them. Spirit of suicide, you will be broken off of our school, off of our students. False identity and those that are wrestling in confusion will be set free by the power of light. And Father, we just believe today that your mercy, God, and your grace, Almighty God, and your revival, Lord God, is not coming, but now is. And Lord, we just thank you today. And everybody said amen. 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 Come on and give him praise. Praise God. Praise God. I want to, uh, Andrea, if you will, make your way to the back and say welcome to all of our guests today. Y'all continue to encourage uh, Shelby and the youth as they continue to move forward in what God has in store. Uh, there's going to be a water baptism service on February the 25th. If you would like to be water baptized, I want you to meet me in room 103. If you accepted the Lord Jesus today and you would say, yes, I want to take the next step in my walk of faith, I want to be water baptized, meet me in room 103, just to my right, to your left, off the back uh, hallway there. I'll be right there. There's going to be a Hispanic ministry lunch today. Day, over next door right now. Uh, it's going to be a potluck. You guys come on over and join us. Pain to Purpose uh, will be this Wednesday, February the 14th. Uh, it's going to be next door in room 300. Also, if you would like to get involved with our media ministry, there's still opportunity. We need help on Wednesday night and many times on Sunday. And so if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, meet with us after service uh, next or Sunday the, the 18th. Also, our ladies, our Flourish Women's Ministry, are going to have a day trip February the 23rd. And those that would like to go to the Pink Conference, uh, you can the purchases. Uh, the information is there in the back. Melissa, raise your hand. All right, stand on the chair and raise your hand. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, she'll meet you back there and, and give you all the information. Also, our annual business meeting is coming up on the 25th, 5 o'clock. Uh, on a Sunday, we there'll be a list of those uh, nominees that will be running for the three offices that will be up for election. It'll be Kevin Evans uh, running against Kevin Evans, and uh, his only opponent is Kevin Evans. And so that will be for the secretary. Uh, we have uh, Don Smith and Andrew, Andy Adcock uh, that will be the candidates that will be running for the treasurer position. And then we have five other candidates in... They are listed here. I'll just go ahead and give it to you. The um, I'm not going to make any comments. I was just about to go into handsome and whatever, but you know I'd be lying. So, but 
The five that are the current position for trustee uh, is being held by Keith Cooper. He will be running again. Mike Garcia, Tim Gossett, Clint Graham, and Robert Rudd will also be have been nominated for that position. So prayerfully uh, consider each one of those and vote as the Lord leads you. Amen? Praise God. God bless you. We love you. Have a great rest of the day. Guests, we're thankful you're here. We'll meet you at the back. we got a gift for you. And we love you. Amen. Father, bless, Lord God, each and every one as we go today. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and all that you do. In Jesus' name, God bless you today. You may be dismissed. Kids that want to be baptized, uh, please go grab them and meet me in room 103. Thank you.